Recently, we heard Urban Meyer talk about how good Travis Hunter is, but I feel like we're understating it. I think Travis Hunter will be the X factor for Colorado in 2023, and his performance may determine whether or not they make it to a bowl game, if not further. I'm going to talk about that and more on today's episode of Locked on Buffs. You are Locked on Buffs, your daily podcast on the Colorado Buffaloes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? This is Locked on Buffs. I am your host, Kevin Borba. Today's episode, we got a great one. We're going to be talking about Travis Hunter. We're going to be talking about so many cool things, so many good things. The running backs are why I think there's some two rising stars in there. And then we're going to be talking about the era of the transfer portal and how I think it's kind of being uh, overstated how much Coach Prime uses it and understated how much everybody else actually uses it. Um, but before we do, I want you guys to know that this episode of Lockdown Buffs is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash college or enter promo code LockdownCollege for a free white tech hat with any purchase. Get a hat like this. You don't want to take your Bird Dogs off, we promise you. Okay, so here's the thing. I think Travis Hunter is obviously pretty well known. Um he was ranked as the number one recruit coming out of high school, number one transfer when he entered the portal. Um, Kurt, Coach Urban Meyer compared him to Percy Harvin. Um, Coach Prime talked about how Travis is better than he was at this time uh, during Coach Prime's career. And even then, even then, I still feel like we don't really grasp how good and how important Travis Hunter will be. So let me explain. How rare is it to have a wide receiver or a corner who will just go a wide receiver first who can kind of control how many games you win? You know, I think of guys like it's it's hard to think of them because usually if you have a great receiver, it's paired with a great quarterback. It's not often where it's like, oh, this receiver's so elite where it's like he's going to win you games if you give him the ball. I think of Calvin Johnson at the college level, um, him at Georgia Tech. I think of let me it, it's just difficult to come up with names because it's like how could some one receiver be so good but the quarterbacks not be as good maybe like julio jones um he was that level okay so we have julio jones and calvin johnson put those put those names aside how often do we have a corner who impacts the game so dramatically that it's like don't throw him the ball otherwise we will lose the game um charles woodson um, probably Coach Prime back in his heyday. Uh, more recently, don't know if we have a guy like that. Uh, maybe or Dory Jackson, uh, Clark Phillips last year at, at Utah would be. Uh, he was he had six interceptions, something like that. So keeping all those names in mind, if you guys think of someone else who who I'm maybe overlooking right now, please let me know in the comments. But combine, say we'll go with the best of each one. We'll go Calvin Johnson and Charles Woodson. Combine those two, that's Travis Hunter, and I still don't think that's enough. Travis Hunter comes in to Colorado probably as their best receiver, their best corner, and the best player on the team. He's one of the best players in the country, and it still feels like we're underappreciating him. Um, Travis Hunter realistically should be considered, I think by the end of the year, will be considered a top-five player in college football. Um, I think his impact on offense um, after the catch, his ability to kind of be that target where – 
obviously they have Javon Antonio, 6'4", can probably throw it up and he'll go up and get it. You have Xavier Weaver and Jimmy Horn Jr. who are both really great receivers in their own right. But I think if Shadur is ever in a bind, he's going to look for number 12, Travis Hunter. He's going to look for Travis. He's going to throw it up to him, and Travis is probably going to catch it. And after that, he's probably going to make a defender miss, or he's probably going to just outrun someone. Uh, I think Travis Hunter will be the difference, and this is could be a hot take. I don't know. I think Travis Hunter's performance for Colorado this year will be the difference between them making a bowl game or the difference between them being a bowl game or not, or them being like an 8-9 win team. If Travis Hunter explodes and say he has over a 1,000 yards receiving with 10 touchdowns on the offense, offensive side of the ball, and then on defense he has four or five picks, um, is essentially shutting down one side of the field and shutting down the opposing team's best receiver. That makes Colorado an infinitely, infinitely better team because that covers up their flaws. On offense, their flaws are the offensive line. They have great running backs, which I'm going to talk about after this. They have great running backs, but say the offensive line can't block for them and the run game just isn't get going. They just got to get Travis the ball. So whether it's on a screen, a jet sweep, one of those little – which. I think my, this is probably a cold take. Um, I think one of my least favorite things in football is the little motion jet sweep thing where quarterback gets it and they just like toss it like right in front of them. They're just like to the, the guy in motion and that counts as a pass. Um, I feel like that should be a hand. Like I know it's not a handoff because obviously it's literally not handing the ball off, but it just feels like that gray area. And I don't know how I feel about it um, either way, not to get sidetracked. Just get him the ball in this on a screen, get him the ball in the jet sweep thing, whether you pitch it to him or whether you hand it off to him, reverses, wildcat, don't care, don't care at all how you get him the ball. Just get him the ball and good things will happen. We saw it in the spring game. Shadur wants to force feed Travis. Obviously, I think that could lead to some um, mistakes, but I think Shadur is, as we've seen during this fall camp, 22 touchdowns, no picks. I think he's doing quite well for himself. So I'm not, not too worried about Shadur getting the ball. But if Travis Hunter explodes this season, and you're getting a game-changing wide receiver who could realistically just make plays for you nonstop. It's just like, think about if you get him the ball 10 times a game and say four of those times, he three of those times he's making big runs, two of those times it's a touchdown. That's huge. That's huge. That's the difference between winning games and losing games. If you have someone you can just get in the ball and you know, that four or five times a game, he's going to make a huge play. That right there alone is that's a recipe for success in and of itself. But you put him on defense and put him up against um, Dorian Singer at USC, put him up against a Troy Franklin at Oregon, put him up against whoever Utah is going to throw out there, whether it's Micah Pittman or someone else, put him up against obviously TCU has a good receiver. Um, his name's slipping my mind. That's going to replace Quentin Johnson. There's talented receivers up and down the schedule. If Travis Hunter could limit them, that helps the defense, especially if the defense line isn't getting pressure, but Travis Hunter is shutting down their best receiver and forces other guys to step up. And we all know college receiver rooms. Let's, let's call it, let's call it what it is. They're either really good as a whole, or it's like one guy's right here and the rest of them are right here. And they're typically only doing good at this guy's doing well himself. Um, so if Travis Hunter's shutting down one of them and putting pressure on other guys who aren't ready to be that main guy, 
that makes life a lot easier for Colorado. And that's why I think Travis Hunter will be the X factor for Colorado. And I think he's going to end up being one of the best players in college football by the end of the year. He was already ranked as a top player in the country. Um, I think his, his rankings only going to rise and I'm excited to see what really what he turns out to be um, moving forward, uh, moving forward with the episode. Um, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Football season is about to kick off, and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. So, just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. Um, you could use your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So, if you want to get on the betting action, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and start bonus bets, start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Take some time to visit FanDuel and include, go go see it. Go see what the props are. Go see what your your favorite teams are, the action is. And you could get some bonus bets for just about, for as simple as your team winning a game. Just go check it out. Um, FanDuel, America's number one sports book. I appreciate you guys for supporting us. Okay, we're talking about the running backs. And I talked about the starters or what the what we know the the depth chart is currently looking like if you don't remember um it is Alton McCaskill at number one um and then you have um excuse me Kavosi Smoke at number two um leaving Anthony Hankerson and Dylan Edwards kind of as those reserve roles uh the Doak Walker Award watch list was released today and both they actually had three um, they had Sivian Wilkerson, the Jackson State transfer, on the, uh, mentioned on the list as well. But I'm going to focus on Alton, Alton and uh, Kavosi for this portion of the show. I think a lot of there's a lot of questions, and it's fair because we haven't heard much, many positive things about the offense line. But the running game on offense, if they are able to kind of make up for what the offensive line lacks and help out the passing game and help out Travis Hunter become that star that we all know he's going to be. Whew, this Colorado team is going to shock some people. Um, I think, I think it's kind of understated how good Alton McCaskill was in his one year at Houston. So I'm going to bring up his, his stats right here and just kind of just give you a little sneak peek of what he did as a freshman. Um, 189 carries 90s, 961 yards, over five yards per carry, 16 touchdowns. Um, his longest rush was 36 yards. So obviously he's not a, um, or at least at that time, wasn't really uh, busting out big runs all the time, but he's super consistent. Um, receiving wise, 21 catches over 100 yards, five yards, excuse me, five yards a catch, two touchdowns. You can use them in, um, you can use them in the run game. You could use them in the passing game. Okay, let me bring up Kavosi Smoke. Kentucky transfer. Um, his stats aren't lucrative because obviously he was the backup to Chris Rodriguez, but uh, he's experienced as they come. One, two, three, four, five, sixth year uh, running back. Um, started his career off in 2018. Um, this past year, he did decent. Uh, he had 58 carries for 277 yards and a rushing touchdown. Um, but let's go back to 2019 um, when he was, he had much more. Um, much more opportunities. He had 100 carries for 600 yards, six yards per carries, and six touchdowns, and a 70-yard touchdown. So obviously, 
um, when he's given more opportunity, he pops off. Like that's, I feel like that's probably the case for most guys, unless they're just not that good and you don't want them to get uh, more opportunities. But the thing with Kavosi Smoke and and um, not Anthony Hankerson, Ultimate Caskill, they're going to be the perfect one-two combo. Um, if you look at, and I always like to do this, and you guys know I like to do this, um, so let's just let's just do it anyway. Um, we're going to go to the 2022 stats for Kent State and look at their running backs. Um, they have two running backs. One of them had far more carries than the other. He had 285 carries for 1,300 yards, 13 touchdowns. Um, then the next running back had 64 carries for 300 yards. So obviously, Kavosi, when he had 58 carries, had nearly 300 yards and a touchdown. And then Alton, when he had nearly 200 yards, he had 961 yards. So assuming Alton is the lead guy and he gets 230 yards, his numbers are going to be astronomical. His impact is going to be astronomical. This offense is all about moving fast. And if they could keep these guys fresh and keep these guys just boom, you just got hit with the Alton punch. Boom. Alton again. Boom. Kavosi comes in. Boom, boom, boom. Just keep flipping them. Um, you're not going to, defenses aren't going to know what hit him. Um, they're kind of different, uh, sizes and different, like different builds, I guess, different types of running backs. Kavosi's 5'9, 215, whereas Alton's 6'1, 200. So you get a little bit of both in both the running backs. You get some power, you get some speed. And I think they'll really help take the pressure off Shadur, who I don't think Shadur needs the pressure taken off of him because he's a Sanders, like he said, doesn't feel the pressure. But one less thing he has to do, if he could just hand it off to these running backs, say, 20 to 30 times a game and they just go out there and make some plays for him. That makes his life easier. It makes life easier on the offense, makes life easier on the defense. And I think realistically, when I look around the pack 12, I don't see a running back room or at least a one, two combo where I'm like that running back combo is significantly better than these two. Uh, I would say Utah has a very decent running back combo. Uh, I think USC has a potentially good running back combo. Um, Oregon state has a really good running backs. And other than that, I think there's good individuals, but I don't think there's a running back duo out there, running back tandem where I'm like, they clear these guys. I think Colorado's running backs have the best chance to be the best duo in the pac 12. And I think that could be huge for the offense. And it really, especially pac 12 defenses last year, not the best. Let me, let's look at the pac 12, um, um, let's look at the rush defense rankings last year and see where all the Pac-12 teams ranked. Because honestly, I think outside of Oregon State, there was not many. There there weren't many defenses where I was like, "Oof, that's that was good. That was that was good right there." So up first, we look at rushing defense. Oregon State had the best rushing defense, only allowing 108 yards per game. They were 15th in the country. Utah, uh, uh, 18th in the country. So. Those two guys, solid. Washington, 26th. Oregon, um, 30th. Not bad. UCLA, 35th. They lost some guys. Um, Washington State, 41. Okay, so you got Washington State, Oregon, Washington. So about five schools. Then you continue on, go on to the next page. Uh, Looking at, let's see, don't see anybody there. Don't see anybody there. Yeah, there's quite a big... Decline. USC is the next Pac-12 team, and they ranked 80th in the rushing, 80th in the country in rushing defense this past season. And then you keep going. Now we're on page three. 
Um, this is where a majority of the Pac-12 is. Arizona State, 107. Um, they obviously replaced a lot of players. They brought in some good guys, but they're replacing a lot. Nebraska, who Colorado plays, 109th. Just putting that out there. Um, let's see. Other Pac-12 schools. Stanford, 127th. So I'm just saying, Colorado has a very good running back duo and a lot of defenses that they're going to be facing. Um didn't have the best running rushing defense, and even the ones that had good rushing defenses last year, um, they're going to be replacing some key guys. So let's let's look out for these running backs, and let's basically, I'm telling you right now, if this duo isn't at least a top three duo in the Pac-12 by the end of the season, just know the season went horribly wrong. Um, that's my take on that matter. Um, let me know who you think is going to have more rushing touchdowns and more rushing yards in the comment section below, because I think it's a pretty split battle. Um, and so you never know what could happen, but either way, what we do know is that this episode is also brought to you by our lovely sponsor of bird dogs, bird dogs. They make you look good. Their stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and the leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird dogs shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better. They fit way better than the regular shorts that are made of a stiff restricting cotton. And these bird dogs, they fix the issue. They invented cloud knit fabric. No one else has it. That looks just like khaki, but stretches. So you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice the movement. Bird dogs use the anti-sweat wicking fabric, sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Uh, I personally love my bird dogs wear them for just about everything. Um, also, if you order your bird dogs, putting on a little, little commitment right here, a little, little commitment video vibes right here. They get you this nice hat. Um, so if you want this hat, um, Go to birddogs.com slash locked on college or enter promo code locked on college for a free white tech hat with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on college or a promo code locked on college for a free white tech hat. You don't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you this hat's super comfy. I love it. Looks good on me. Okay, back to the show. Gotta let the flow. Gotta let it flow. Um last thing on the docket. Um, and I wanted to talk about this because I think it's kind of I won't say it's ironic, but I also think it's just the way that college football is headed right now. Um, it's it's the era of the transfer portal. Uh, I saw an article ranking or not ranking, uh, talking about how many transfers there are, um, specifically at the quarterback position. It was sixty two percent of quarterbacks are transfers. Uh, I thought it was interesting because one, it goes to show how much pro, how many programs value getting a guy out of the portal with experience. And how often guys are jumping into the portal to get maybe a new opportunity. Um, I think it's kind of ironic that obviously college football itself is leaning on the transfer portal as heavy, heavily as it is, but also criticizing Coach Prime. Um, I think Coach Prime is using the transfer portal at a different rate, and I think he revolutionized the transfer portal. Whether it's a good revolutionary move or a bad one, we're going to find out after this year or after the, his tenure at Colorado. But I thought it was interesting. Um transfers they just offer more value right now uh, until there's more transfer restrictions which i doubt there is um there's transfer restrictions on the two-time transfer guys like say Traore, for example who probably gonna have to sit out at mississippi state but transfers are more valuable and until they're not college football is going to value them they're going to rely on them um why would you take a chance on a four-star receiver out of say texas when you could go get a wide receiver like Jimmy Horn or Xavier Weaver, who was UCF's all-time, one of UCF's all-time leading receivers. And he comes in, starts, is experienced, 
you replace him. Uh, you have re- you still recruit high school guys, but those guys now have a year of experience. And if they don't, then you just go out and get the next version of Xavier Weaver. Um, I just thought it was ironic that Coach Prime has caught so much flack for using the transfer portal when all of college football is using the portal. Um, maybe not as much as him, but they're using it. And so I just wanted to show you guys how important the transfer portal has become because realistically, let's take a look at our past champions, uh, Georgia. They don't really use the transfer portal a lot. They, they're they kind of an anomaly. But let's go take a look at LSU, Joe Burrow, Oklahoma. Um, they didn't win the championship, but obviously they had Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, Jalen Hurts. Um, Alabama's used the portal for certain certain positions. Ohio State, they've they ha- they've used the portal. Um, maybe not all around, but they still do use it. I think using the transfer portal is going to be something that it only is going to continue to grow. Um, I'm interested to see how it affects high school recruiting. But yeah, I want to bring that up because I feel like Coach Prime is catching way too much flack for his use of the portal when realistically everybody's doing it. Are they doing as much? No, but that's does that make it any better? I don't know. I, I, not that anything's wrong with it, but you can't play the the hero when you're doing the same thing, just in a lesser manner. So transfer portal era is here. We're going to see if it sticks. Um, we're going to see if the transfer portal era continues or if it continues to kind of fizzle out and there becomes a focus on high school guys once again. Um, but yeah, so transfer portal era, it's here. It's here to stay until it's not. Um, I appreciate you guys for tuning in to Locked on Buffs. Um, we got some great episodes coming up. We have Jake Crane coming up. We have we're going to preview the TCU game, the Utah game, the Nebraska game next week. Great games, great episodes coming up. I'm excited to see what you guys think. Have a great day. Have a great rest of your Thursday, and I will see you guys tomorrow.